So I guess, uh, I guess you can dare a lick my balls, Capitan. I can dare a lick my own balls. Thank you very much. Welcome, everyone, to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. This was the second leg of the game against Bayern Munich. We were 3-0 up in the first leg. Now, what thoughts or fears did you have, if any, that uh, Bayern would drag that uh, back into a competition, if at all? Well, I think having watched City in Europe enough over the last few years, uh, we, we, we never seem to start that well, do we? So, I mean, obviously, based on that first 15 minutes when uh, Aki was being torn a new one, we'd be getting torn a new one on the other side. As Ray mentioned, off air or on air, I can't remember now, the, the two guys on the wings, uh, yeah, they could have, you know, they they got a goal within the five or ten minutes, uh, it's game on. So, yeah, I, was, I wasn't uh, too worried, but obviously... Uh, I didn't, I started to not panic, but I started to think to get Walker on quick because we need some pace at the back. Just when you think you don't need Walker, all of a sudden you start panicking when he's not there. And it just looked like that last night. But the only the only saving grace was Bayern Munich are not great at scoring goals. They're having a lot of trouble getting the ball in the old onion bag. So that was that was a positive and it proved, proved right again last night. Let, let me ask this question to Ray because I, I've never actually really understood the word febrile and um, all, all of the newspapers were saying that there was a febrile uh, atmosphere in uh, in Germany and um, Ray do you know what that means? Um, I think basically you're talking about um, it's, it's something that's to be characterized by a great deal of nervous excitement or nervous energy if you're not going to talk about an illness you're talking about an atmosphere so you, you know, yeah, because we were. Let's be honest, we we were nervous, even though I thought it ain't happening. Since you're too good, we can't concede three. But momentum is a is a weird thing in football. You know, they score a goal early, and as as Bernard said, Kingsley Coleman was ripping Aki to shreds on on our left, and Sane was doing the business on the uh, on our right. So they were killing us the pace, and you know the. Um, they had a few crosses. I mean, their their problem was they had the pace, but they didn't have the quality. They didn't have that finesse. They didn't have the technical brilliance to put good crosses in. Or Leroy Sane, for instance, had a great chance, which he should have scored after about 15, 16 minutes, and he put it wide. He scores that goal. Pressure's on us because we weren't playing very well at all. Excuse me. We weren't playing well. They were well on top that, that game. And um, you know, one goal can lead to two or three or four. It has happened before, and it could have happened last night. Uh, Bernard, uh, sidebar here. Apparently, uh, Re- Leroy Sané got punched in the mouth by Mane, which was uh, widely reported. Do you not think that yeah. he, he probably had a few more punches in the mouth by Guardiola? But Mike, Mane was aiming for his nose, and he missed. <laughs> it's in the mouth <laughs> instead of yeah, well, they seemed to be uh, friendly last night, didn't they? He was consoling him. I think the pictures I've seen. I mean, it's it's football, mate, isn't it? I'm sure. I'm sure you know it's like anything. When when I'm, they didn't exactly hug each other, did they, Mane and Sane, when they when they changed places last night? But uh, it's football. It was a half-hearted high five, wasn't it? Let's be honest about it. So there's not a lot of love there. But I think Pep's, you know, Pep's magnet. People, you know, we're adults at the end of the day. You hope that these things. You may have 
fallout like the Cancelo thing he's probably fell out with him as well um, of course we'll probably talk about him celebrating when Alan missed his penalty but you know you've got to get on it was consoling him at the end of the match and that's all that matters I mean you've just got to be growing up about these sort of things and of course uh, I doubt very much uh, there's certainly no long I'm sure Pep didn't give him a punch before he left he was just probably frustrated with him because he, he wasn't willing to fight and and, and he's got obvious talent, and Pet wanted to make use of it, and he, he couldn't do that. Ray, this is um, this is quite interesting. I think uh, let's go to the lineups. Now we normally go to Bernard for the lineups, but we'll go to you first of all. That was um, completely and utterly uncontroversial, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, there was not much you could do. You know, this is a system Pep's been uh, pretty much gone to with uh, three at the back, two uh, holding. To attacking and three up front. Um, and I think, to be honest, the only decision was would it be Mares or would it be Bernardo Silva? And the way Bernardo's played in the last few games, the way Mares played when he's come on uh, or started games meant there was only one one person you could choose. So I don't think, you know, I think even Bernard might have got 10 or 11 last night. Bernard, I, I, I think that you didn't even take a breath. By naming that um, eleven, I, I yeah, think I just, I just, you, uh, you, you, di- you you didn't even think about it. No, I just I just uh, copied me thing. I copied the template from the first leg on my script and put it into the second leg because I, obviously if it's not if something's not broken, why why I'm trying to fix it? So yeah, eleven out of eleven, and uh, I think most a lot of people would have thought that was uh, as long as everyone was fit, that was a team who was going to play, and and so and, and it was. Although obviously. As we've already said there, the first 10 minutes, I was perhaps hoping that Walker might have snuck in based on what we were seeing, but uh, uh, we got away with it, fortunately. Well, Ray, let's take a look at the Bayern Munich lineup because they did make some changes, so let's uh, let's go through them. So we had the same goalkeeper, Sommer. We had uh, Benjamin Pavard. We had Uber Meccano. I was really, really amazed about that. We had uh, Delict, and this time we had Cancelo. Did I read that right? Cancelo and Kimmich, Goretzka, Lidro Sane, Musiala, Koeman, and this time Chupo Moting. And a lot of my Bayern supporting um, friends in Korea were hoping that he was not going to play. But um, I don't. I don't know, Ray. I don't know what they see in this guy. But apparently, they think he's. Um, they think he's the business. He scores, he scored a few goals for him. You can't knock him about that. So, you know, this obviously seems some in him. You can't believe that the guy, the guy was a failure at Stoke City back in the day. But in the right, look, players, you know, in, sometimes in the right environment with the right teammates, right structure, right uh, manager can, can look world beaters. Yeah, but right, uh, what was interesting was like on the bench, they had Gnabry, they had Sadio yeah. Mane, Star. Uh, they had um, Graven Birch, which I thought Gravis. was quite funny. Um, I, I did put put a tweet up there and uh, saying that if, if this is what Liverpool are thinking is going to save their season, I'm not sure that's going to be the person that they're that they should look to. But um, yeah, they left a few um, interesting people on the bench, right? Yeah, look, I mean, players that you in, in, in the last few years you might be really excited about, it, but. Obviously, I mean, Thomas Tuchel's come in and he's had a, 
it was really bad that N N Nagelsmann was was given the boot. They, they weren't happy with him, even though they were top of the Bundesliga, through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, won all their home games in the Champions League with that conceding goal, uh, won all their eight games in the Champions League. I mean, you know, and they played people like Inter, PSG and Barcelona. So along the way, um, and he got the boot and um, Tuchel's come in and he's he's been shy, basically. I think they haven't won in the last five games. They're, they drew with Hoffenheim at the weekend. Hoffenheim were about fifth bottom. And they're now, I think, level with um, Dortmund at the top of the table. Or some, it's very it's very tight at the top of the table. Um, and, yeah, uh, there's, there's, still, there's still two points clear because Dortmund cocked up at weekend okay, well. as well. But they got beat by Freiburg in the, in the uh, DFK Pokal. That's the German Cup. Um, and they got, let's be honest, got their asses handed to them by City uh, last week. Uh, and and Tuchel, Tuchel's under pressure now. I mean, you know, uh, how quickly things change. So, um, you know, whatever he picks, I don't think you can be surprised because he's struggling. So, leaving some of the top players on the bench, you know, he, he the thing is he needed to keep it tight. And I, I was a bit surprised because, you know, people like Sane and uh, Coleman can be wasteful. Uh, regardless of the, the blistering pace they've got and the dribbling ability and everything else, but they are wasteful in front of goal. And, uh, you know, uh, as I said earlier, Sani missed that golden chance when he was put through after about 15, 16 minutes and um, scores that game changes, uh, game changes on its head. Well, let's let, let's go over to uh, Bernard. Bernard, um, we were uh, of course, um, most of us were watching it on TV and they paraded this... Um, Six foot five inch, sixteen stone bear called Bernie running around the pitch, um, and uh, he was getting them up for it. Um, I, I know that uh, that you were not. Was this, exactly was this a real there. bear? Was this a real bear? I didn't know. <laughs> no, but um, um, uh, Bernard, uh, what did you think uh, was the atmosphere before the game? Do Do you think that um, uh, Bayern Munich had uh, put up? Some kind of like um, I'm going to use the next word again, febrile atmosphere, the same way that you'd get against Dortmund. What What did you think? Not particularly, mate. I mean, I, I was listening to the commentators lacked lyrical, lacked uh, <laughs> lyrical about the atmosphere last night, and they, they tend to do this with European teams. They build them up. I'd, I'd, the only time he got going was with, when the referee had to go off the flaming pitch for two or three minutes because he's. Flipping mic wasn't working, you know, wonderful, wonderful start. Well done, UEFA. You know, you can't even get your, your guys wired up properly. And obviously, while they were off the pitch, the, fa the fans were doing the buying, buy the buying thing where they just repeat it on, they have it on repeat. But oh, it didn't feel, it's, it's a lovely ground. I've never been. It looks fantastic. Of course it does. But uh, I wouldn't say there was any any sort of, uh, I think even, even the buying fans were or obviously, uh, to other people, they're probably confident, but I, I think it was a bit muted from, uh, I don't think, you know, they're, they're not bad fans by Munich, but obviously, like many of these big clubs like the Barcelonas or Real Madrid's, there's so many tourists there that they, they perhaps don't have the sort of passion of someone like Dortmund and teams like that, the smaller, so-called smaller teams. But uh, yeah, I wasn't, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't too worried by the atmosphere. I was worried by the guys on the pitch. Let, let me just go over to Ray and, and uh, ask you. Uh, apparently, um, a lot of people were wanting to remove the the actual ship Manchester um, 
uh, uh, badge, uh, not just the, the city badge, but uh, but the United one. What's all that about? What it's all about is is the coat of arms of um, of Manchester. Basically, it's got so uh, you've got the coat of arms. It's got a ship on it, and they say, oh, first I heard about it today." And I don't think there's loads of people. It's 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 just something that's getting a bit of a uh, head, head of steam, um, but still not much. And they said the coat of arms uh, has ha, basically the I guess it's the, the design of the ship um, was was one that was used in the slave trade, and uh, that they say you know using that is a little bit off. But I think I heard one um, was it Leroy Rossini? I think it was him. He said, look. He says, I'm, I'm, and he said, he didn't know the history of it until today or, the, or more of the history. And he said, I think it's, he said, I think it's worth having a discussion to say whether, you know, we, we really want that, that kind of thing uh, on a coat of arms and stuff like that. Uh, but he doesn't say, he, he said, I'm not asking for it to be banned, but I, I'm just asking for it to have that discussion. I think fair enough, have a discussion. Um, you know, it's on Man United's and Man City's because obviously it's on Manchester's, the city of Manchester. Uh, I don't know why United are involved because they're, they're they're from the borough of Trafford. <laughs> it, it's simply because we use the the, the the coat of arms, I think, from from the city of Manchester, and they've got a ship, and that ship was used in the slave trade. Some people feel uncomfortable about it. I'm going to sit on the fence with this one, uh, Bernard. Let's uh, change the subject. Um, Can you just say, uh, just say that? I mean, it all for me, and I've seen a lot on social media about this. I mean. Obviously, the, the ship uh, is all to do with the Manchester Ship Canal, which I believe opened in 1894, the same year that uh, City no. came into being, of course. Um, yep, I, don't think, yep. I don't think, obviously, the ship as such at that stage, I mean, uh, unless it's got a name on it saying it's HMS or, or SS or well, whatever ship that's a slave ship, um, it's, it was a, it's a sailing ship at the end of the day, I Manchester think. Ship Canal. There's no, no deliberate, from what I know, uh, connection with slavery in any way. I think that the, mm -hmm. the the ship was on the Manchester coat of arms, Manchester City Manchester coat of arms, which was about thirty five, I think thirty five years before City were formed. So, you know, you could argue, well, it's was it was the use of the coat of arms from City and United on their badge glorifying the slave trade. I, I, I really. When did the slave trade finish, Ray? When, when did we? Oh, um, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I don't, yeah, I don't right. know. I know it's getting a bit deep, this, isn't it? I, I say, I don't. I, I, know it's, I, I, don't I think it's one, it's one particular journalist calls this, isn't it? I think it's just one guy. I can't remember who it is now, but one guy's brought this up, and obviously it's received a lot of traction, as Ray was saying before there. But uh, uh, yeah, I didn't mind the badge when it had the rolls on it. Uh, if you want to go back to the badge with the rolls on, uh, I don't give a toss either way, in fairness. Well, well, guys, let, let, let's move on to something else that I'm interested in. Uh, Ray, Ray let, 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 me, let, me, let me ask you about this. Um, there's a player playing for Bayern Munich that City apparently had long coveted called De Ligt. Uh, and um, I, I'm just going to go um, to Ray uh, first of all. I mean, apparently, you know, we were all in for this guy. Like, uh, he... he yeah. He looks like um he looks like a defensive unit of uh, of uh, Erling Haaland uh, delict and um, everyone was in for him. We didn't get him; they got him. And um, were you impressed by delict at all? <laughs> he can delict me backside. That's how well he played last <laughs> night. Um, everybody was in. If you remember, Matis delict and Frankie De Jong when they were leaving Ajax a few years ago, 
Uh, Matis Silicht ended up at, was it at Juventus? And then from Juventus, or I think he was, uh, and then he's ended up at, at Bayern. And Frankie went to um, Barcelona and he's desperate not to be transferred out to Man United. <laughs> Even though Barcelona wanted him to go, he said, no, thanks, I'm not going. Uh, and he dug his heels in. Uh, he said he'd rather be castrated than uh, go to uh, the play at uh, Old Trafford. And, and as, as, since you're big on the asides, I did notice that uh, we've had, for the, was it for the Euros, Bernard, where England and Ireland, oh, sorry, the UK and Ireland are hosting the Euros in 2020, is it 2028, Eight. Bernard? Yeah. Yeah, 2028. The 10 grounds have been named. There's no Anfield. Um, make your own jokes up if you want. And there's no Manchester United. There's no Old Trafford. So, you know, um, obviously they don't qualify as one of the the best grounds in the country. Um, that they're not even in the 10 selected. Obviously, Manchester City has been selected. And by then... Yeah, you, you you can hear Mark Goldbridge about that. Uh, that's um, that's very funny. Yeah. So, uh, it, look, it's it's just not up to scratch, is it? It's, it's a shithole. Um, let, let's be quite honest about it. Let's not pull any punches. It's awful. The rain leaks in. The to- the the the, the um, concourse is full of piss. The toilets are flooded. Um, you know, it is just not a a place that you want to go to watch football. It's just not worth it. And you know, when you're looking at for quality, you look at places like uh, Spurs' new stadium, uh, Arsenal stadium, and obviously Manchester City's stadium as well. So you want class. And obviously, the, the, I guess the final will be at Wembley. Um, so it's, that's just as an aside. But um, what was the question, Mike? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just going to go on. And uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to give this reference. If any, if if anyone has watched the movie um, Zoolander, um, you you can hear um, uh, certain references to. Um, delict, uh, and uh, I'll ask you to just watch that movie, and and uh, you can see that yourself. But guys, listen. Anyway, let's get into the game. Um, I think um, very prominent in the first uh, twenty minutes was uh, Kingsley Coman, um, uh, Bernard, and uh, that was a player that uh, City were linked with in the past. We didn't go for him, but um, he was uh, quite prominent, I guess, in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, it was it was quite odd. I mean, obviously he was he was one of the danger men in the first game, wasn't he? So we knew exactly what what he was capable of. Uh, I think Aki sort of dealt with him dealt with him a little bit better. Different tactics, of course, uh, at the Etihad to what they play at home. Uh, so we had a bit more time, perhaps, and Aki had a bit more time to to react, and our defenders had a bit more time to react when we played at the Etihad to to Coleman. But obviously. Um, nothing to lose at their place. Uh, they went straight for it. I mean, as, as, as Ray was, we've said earlier, um, him and him and Sani up the other side. Uh, I'm sure part of Aki's injury or apparent injury probably got it in those first ten or fifteen minutes, chasing back to try and catch up with that Coleman because he was tearing us a new one down the right. Did he have Don't twisted me. blood? Did he twist his blood? That's why he's got an injury. <laughs> 
What amazed me was with Coleman and Sat. They actually swapped, didn't they, at some stage as well after about 20 mm-hmm. minutes. He, he went over to do it. And I thought, well, I can understand that. I understand the principal wingers swapping. I know we've done it and other teams have done it. Many teams have done it. But the fact that Coleman just was having the better of Aki so much, it just seemed it's a bit like the Battle of Britain, you know, bomb all the airfields and all of a sudden switch to bombing the towns. It gives us a chance. And I think that, I think they did that with us. I think Tuchel must have decided that. And it gave us a, a bit of a leap, bit of leeway then when he, when he moved him over to the other side. He wasn't quite yeah. as effective. Uh, so we got away with one a little bit there. But yeah, Cole, I like Coleman. Uh, I think we said after the first game, he's perhaps a, a, certainly a player we, we could, you know, would fit City. And as long as he's got people to pass to or cross to uh, in the middle, as I say, he's, he's not the greatest finisher like Sane. He's uh, great, you know. He's a bit like a Sterling for me. Sterling, I always like Sterling as long as he has someone to put it onto rather than yeah. take it on himself. And I think Coleman's the same. You got to have someone to feed off him. So, but yeah, he, like, he was really worrying us. I like Coleman, but I liked him for a few years. He, he's got obviously a pace to burn. He's a print. Uh, well, he's not a kid anymore. He's uh, uh, be twenty-seven this summer. Uh, French. Um, Player, uh, obviously PSG, Juventus, and now by a minute for the last uh, five six years, he's got pace to burn. The way he he destroyed, he did, he destroyed Aki for pace. But the problem was his crossing wasn't up to scratch. Now I don't know whether you know Pep would um, be able to, to sort that out and, and calm him down because that's all it was. Because he's he's so he's so far ahead of Aki that he's got time to look up and measure his cross and he just absolutely cocked it up. Um, but he's, you know, he's got pace to burn. And, and there's some people who wanted uh, him, they want Leroy Sani back. I think that ship has probably sailed. And as Bernard said, you know, Pep uh, was consoling him after the game. You know, I think Sani was crying. Um, you know, um, but look, Sani's had his chance. Sani's now passed it. He's 27. He's passed it now. Uh, his chance at, uh, at the big time has gone. He's, he's at Bayern and, you know, he, he you, you saw that mistake of his not as a repeat for the third time. He didn't score. He had that chance to score and the game was in their hands. If, if he'd scored that, I think the game was in their hands. Um, but the chance has missed. I think once we got to half time, I thought that's it. There's, there's no way they're going to come uh, get the, the goals in the second half to do as um, Bernard. Bernard, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. Now, now, Upamecano, you would have thought after the first game would have been conservative in his tackles and made uh, sure of himself. But my goodness, on the 18th minute, that that was a sorry guys. That was a, that was a that was a penalty. That was a red card. And this is Upamecano. And sent Haaland barreling over, over over himself, and um, I I just didn't understand it because I didn't I, I thought that he hadn't learned any lessons from the first game, but uh, Bernard apparently he hadn't. Um, what did you think of that incident? It's, I mean, I'm not seeing him on a regular basis. I only saw him in the first leg, of course, at the Etihad. Uh, that wasn't very impressive. And he just carried on regardless. I, I said on my little thing, surely they must have a youth team player or somebody because they're stuck in his position. Because well, was that just, was a red card. Yeah. Well, but it wasn't because he was offside. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't know that at the time. He might have had an idea. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's doing his bit, isn't he? He's trying to, he's trying to stop the, uh, you know, how, 
how far was Ireland from goal? About 40 yards. It's not a hell of a long way to go uh, to actually score the goal. It's just a clown. I mean, this Meccano man, we called him. Surely, surely there must be someone else who can play in that position. But obviously, Tuchel's not found him yet. It's Upa Maguire. That's his real name. Uh, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, I no, actually, I think it's quite straightforward. I'm surprised no one said said this yet. It was very obvious what he, he was doing because he had a shocker in that first game. He was appalling. And he just decided, first chance I get, I get myself sent off and then I don't have to deal with this and look so bad in the, uh, for, the, for another 90 minutes. And he, you know, like he, he got lucky because uh, Harlan was just a, a touch offside and uh, he just lent into his back. I think Harlan went down a bit dramatic because he knew if he goes down with that, the, the strength of the touch... That wasn't enough to get Harlan down. Harlan could have gone on and tried to score. It was just that time. Yeah, I was, a bit annoyed. I was a bit annoyed. I just at the time, before I knew he was offside, I thought, just, just stay on your feet and go and take yeah. it. Yeah. But, I mean, on one hand, I understand because they're about to play about, you know, 70 minutes or 65 minutes with um, with 10 men. So that would have obviously been to our advantage. But another goal would have been to our advantage uh, as well. So... Um, but look, Upa McCann got lucky there, but you know, he's 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 just a walking death trap uh, to himself at the moment, and he's just a liability. And um, obviously, I mean, the sec the handball was unfortunate because I think you know, n none of us, none of us would say that's a handball in football. Um, you know, the, the, the law is a shocker, absolute shocker. And uh, believe me, there was worse to come in the second half with that with handballs. But we lost Mike. Michael, Mike's not there. We'll, yeah, we'll, guys, can, 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 can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, 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 we can hear you. Okay, sorry, guys. So, um, um, what happened ten minutes later? Um, followed on from that, it was it was Upa Meccano again, and this time it's a penalty. Uh, Bernard, <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, I mean, we hadn't done that much, had we? Let's be honest about it. We hadn't really created, apart from that offside with Ireland. I mean, I'm looking at timelines here. And I'm, Aki had a go, which he just totally wasted on about 27 minutes. He he got the ball on the left-hand side and tried a, a pathetic effort. Uh, to please, Aki, don't even bother, mate. You're not, you're not going to get it from there. And Aki did that. That was obviously 27 minutes. And then... We didn't. We didn't know what happened in thirty-five minutes, didn't we? I mean, obviously, Gundo got aimed a low drive. Uh, a deflection seemed to take it out for the corner, and the, the next minute, all the the stadium seems to go quiet. All goes quiet, and of course, uh, a penalty is awarded, and we had no idea where it's come from until you watch the replay, of course. And you could see up a Meccano again. He'd done, he'd done everything right. Up Meccano done everything right. He put his hands behind his back like you're supposed to. That's what he's supposed to do. Clever man did what he needed to do. But then he suddenly decided to drop his arm. Uh, so unfortunately, as Ray said just a minute ago, in the Champions League, that's going to be given. It's absolutely you know we will see a more ridiculous one later. But it's gonna it's gonna be given. It's got to be given. There's nothing they can do. They put they put themselves in the corner now where they have to do things like that. So every time that happens, it's it's a penalty, and yeah, uh, quite right, a, a penalty for sitting poor up on Meccano. As I said, he, I don't know why I said because I was watching it. You watch it back in slow motion. You think, look, where's he? He's, he's doing everything right here. His arms are behind his back, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he just drops his arm, and but obviously, he's unlucky enough for the ball to make contact. But the thing is, as as the shot comes in, he turns he turns his back on the shot, yeah. and as you turn, you, you can't keep your arms behind your back. It's un it's actually unnatural. So his arm just swings out just 
his elbow just lifts up a little bit and it catches him. It is honestly, it's as unlucky. It, it, for me, that wasn't a penalty. I, I, it's given because that the the handball law is such mm. uh, that it, it's a penalty. It's nothing to do with VAR. VAR just implements the, the rules as they see it. The rule is that's a handball. It's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I thought I wonder. I was wondering why Harlan was running after the ball to pick it up. It's like, well, mate, we, we, we should we should be wasting time here. Why are you trying to get the ball and give it back to them? You're that eager to score. I, um, I, I think there was a there was a reason for that, Ray, um, because um, <laughs> like Goretzka, Goretzka, like comes wandering into the into the penalty box. Picks up a, p- a piece of detritus yeah, and throws it away. I think Ray's talking before that, mate. Yeah, when yeah. Alan picks the ball up, runs to pick the ball up, when we didn't know it was a penalty. We didn't yeah. know it was a penalty at the time. That's what I mean. Harlan ran to pick it up. And I'm thinking, why are you trying to speed the game up, Bird? You know, we, we, we waste, we're trying to waste as much time as possible. Uh, I'm, I'm, now you started talking about it, mate. I detest this gamesmanship. I hate it. I abhor it. It's awful. And the thing is, it's, it's up to the referee. Look, if it was up, to, if I was a referee, once the penalties be given, the rest of you can bugger off, okay? And if I've got you all outside the box and you wander back into the box for any sort of spurious reason, you're getting a yellow card. That's it. If the goalkeeper, if I've told you to get on the line and you walk off four or five yards from the line to try and put the guy off, you're getting a yellow card. As soon as you do this, it will stop. I think it got to Haaland. Now, he might say it didn't. It might just be one of those unlucky things. And it, 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 but it was a lot. There was at least three players who were trying their best to put him off and get in his mind. And I think what he should have done was pick the ball up and walk away, walk out to the edge of the box. And just like, so you see in other players, what they sometimes do, they just stand there with the ball or bounce, stand there four or five yards away from the penalty spot, just bouncing the ball until the penalty area has cleared and the goal is on the line. They'll walk up, put the ball down. And then do it, and it's up to the referees. It's with it's stuck with the time wasting. It's stuck with the uh, play acting and cheating. And you know, whenever someone gets a free kick, players stand over the ball or they walk away with the ball. You know, when the opposition uh, got a free kick, they walk away with the ball and then throw it back to them when they're ten yards away and give the team chance to come back. Stop all this at source. Book people and say, look, as soon as you know the decisions against you, you walk away. You get lost. You don't stand over that ball, you know, and we know why they do it. We do it as well. And it's just to slow the game down and stop people taking quick free kicks, which one of the, the reasons you got a free kick is because someone's taken your uh, your advantage away from you. And by delaying the free kick by 10 or 15 seconds or not retreating 10 yards, you're not getting any advantage out of this. So make them move away quickly. If they don't wander away, yellow card them. Um, and I, I, I really do think they got into Haaland's head. Uh, and that's why he missed because he's never missed a penalty for before. Yeah, um, 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 sorry about that, uh, Bernard. I, I, I think I got the timeline a little bit wrong there. But at the same time, um, we don't expect Haaland to miss uh, penalties, and that was a strange one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, what it's that six out of seven now, isn't it? But uh, if he ca- carries on that ratio, that'll that'll be a reasonable ratio for a striker who takes penalties. So let's hope uh, the next six are in the back of the net, including perhaps key games in the Champions League. That's all. That's all we can ask. But Pep did point out what Ray said there. Pep said to him, he's got to learn 
uh, to perhaps pick the ball up and go and walk somewhere and wait. Uh, and that's what Pep actually said in the press conference afterwards uh, about what, what Haaland should have done. But he said he'll learn. And that's it's simple because he say you, you know, he does miss them. He's missed them for Dortmund. He's missed them for the team he played for before Dortmund. Uh, so and hopefully that's out of his system for this season. And hopefully if we get any out between now and the rest and the end of season, 10th of June, uh, it'll put them in the net. Well, guys, um, even Alan Shearer and um, and Matt Letizia did miss penalties. I, I would think. Yeah, um, although although people tell you that they they didn't, but I I think they must have done. I'm sure Letizia missed one, uh, and um, what's his name? Um, Shearer Alan Shearer. He must have missed more than one. Um, Actually, yeah, here I mean, we go. You think, you think of Harry Kane as being prolific, but he misses a lot, doesn't he? Here you go, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The person who's uh, since you what, like uh, quizzes, okay, I'll, I'll give it to Mike. Who has missed the most penalties in the Premier League? Who has missed the most Premier League um, penalties in the league? Yeah, well, oh my yeah. gosh! Premier League is the league. Uh, are, are are we talking about a top four team? Um, well, uh, yeah, not not. Um, um, I don't want to say anything because if I say yes or no, you, you'll get you'll get it, or you'll get an idea. The fact that I'm deliberating um, gives you a clue. Was it for Chelsea? No, the fact I'm deliberating whether they're top four or not gives you the clue. Okay, we'll have to throw that over to Bernard. <laughs> Are you talking to like Tottenham? No, you're talking about <laughs> Newcastle. 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 Well, well, come on. What David Ginola? Um, Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. Your um, man, who's you? You're talking about who right, never okay. missed a Alan Shearer. Uh, Matt, Matt sorry, Lattis, I thought, I thought you meant someone who was still playing. Now, sorry, mate. I was getting confused. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go. Um, Matt I, I reckon there's not many have missed more than Harry Kane currently playing. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, you know, Alan Shearer's penalties were beautiful. They were always struck right up into the top corner. It, it was no left or right ray. It was always bang up into the right corner, um, as anyone you, uh, of my age will remember. I'm going to give you some stats, and this I don't know how old this uh, this is. It's probably it always it's um, ten days old. Okay. Uh, the only player with a hundred percent record in the Premier League, hundred percent record. The only player who scored at least ten penalties. Fran- Franny Lee. Come on, in the Premier League. In the Premier League. It's the easiest oh, one. Uh, what is that easy? Who's that? Matt? Ooh, the, the, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked you haven't got this. Yeah, 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 Turi, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Turi, 100% record, 11 out of 11. Um, How many balance did he get, or doesn't he, did he not get 10? No. He, he just, when he, I don't know, I don't think he got 10, but he's, you've got to have at least 90% to be in this list. Right, Second okay. one on the list is Matt Letizia, who's got 25 out of 26, then, which is 96%. Danny Murphy got 89 to 19, which is na- just under 95%. Wow. James Beattie, 69 to 17, that's 94%. Julian Dix, 15 out of 16, that's just under 94 Julian Dix. Milner was all right at penalties, is he, in the list? Yeah, he's not on, not on the top 10. 
Callum Wilson, Thierry Henry got 23 out of 25, which is 92%. Ivan Tony missed one last week or the other week. He's got 11 out of 12. Actually, if he hadn't missed, he'd be the top of the table. He's down to 92% by missing one. Leighton Baines, 20 out of 22. And then you've got three people at the uh, intense spot. Frank Leboeuf, Danny Ings and Gary Speed, who's got 10 out of 11. Wow, that that's fascinating. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. And the worst and penalty. Personally, I think. Uh, <laughs> personally, I, I I I love the penalties of um, Alan Shearer because they they were just like a whoop up into the top corner. You couldn't get anywhere near them. But um, the, the other one I, I think is um, Matt Lechetier. I mean, yeah. he was deadly from penalties. I'm I'm going to give you one more, just one little quiz. As to the players who have taken at least 10 penalties, okay, I'm not going to ask you who's got the worst record, but there's one City player who's in the top 10. This is Premier League, Premier League penalty takers with the worst record if you've taken at least 10. And he's number 10 in that list. Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez, he scored 13 out of 19. He's missed six. Wow. Mike finally wins a quiz. Okay. I can't believe that. Yeah, and he, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's our penalty taker. If he's on the pitch and Ireland isn't, that's how worrying that is. Well, I, I, I think I think Bernard, uh, from now on, if um, if um, if he's not on the pitch, if uh, Haaland is not on the pitch, it's uh, it's Julian Alvarez, I would think. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I would say. I don't want Mares in I think we said it before. We said it a couple of years ago. I don't want Mares anywhere near penalties, but he still he still took some since then. So hey. no, no, guys, we we want Mares skipping in from the left and skip, spanking them in from the left hand side. We don't want him um, from the uh, penalty spot. Although he's 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 decent, uh, but not good enough. Guys, let's go into the second half. In this particular just, just game, before we, no. just before we do, there are a couple of things there, Mike, from the first half. I mean, we were, okay, saying, about, we were saying about the second half when, obviously, as Ray intimated there, I think once we went at half time, I think they were all down. I don't think the start of the second half, it looked as though they, they thought they could ever get back into it. But we had that sort of thing just right at the end of the first half, didn't we? We had about six City players in the six yard box uh, uh, trying to block the ball. Of course, uh, Bedlam and Panic, Musiala, was it? Slipped. Uh, Coleman had a go. He tried to drive it through and the, the City bodies were flying all over the place uh, to, to save that. So that was a good thing. But I just wanted to point out before that, Edison got booked again, didn't he, on 44 minutes for time-wasting. I, I was thinking about this. The trouble with Edison and time-wasting is because he's so cool and calm and laid back generally. You have to, as a goalkeeper, you have to look busy. You can waste time, but still look busy. Now, Edison hasn't got that ability. He doesn't know how to look busy because he's so calm and laid back. He just takes his time, and he always has done. And if you look at good goalies who are good at wasting time, they're the ones who sort of roam around, put the ball down, they might move it a little bit, look as though they're going to play it to someone else. And, and Edison doesn't do that. So, obviously, Edison keeps getting caught for this time-wasting that he does, and uh, it's just unfortunate. I think that's a skill he will have to uh, he will have to learn. But as I said, just before half time, we could have been, they could have easily got one, and then I think they would have come out for that second half, and it would have been a, a different game altogether. Uh, Ray, there was a lovely little uh, tweet at half time, and it said "separated at birth." 
and it showed um, Adair's son and Elon Musk. And it said that these two guys look exactly like each other. Well, what do you think about that? Well, that's a bit harsh on Edison, I think. Um, <laughs> my wife said to me, and you've got better things to talk about than Elon Musk and Edison and lookalikes. You've got all that football to talk about, and you're talking about guff like this. Um, uh, yes, no, I, we, we I, like to talk, we like to talk about guff like this. Look, the both, <laughs> so you've got Uncle Elon is Edison's, yeah, uh, uncle, yeah, this is hereditary. The Elon Musk has got a tattoo on his neck as well, uh, just like Edison, and and he and he can <laughs> he can launch. All right, guys. Well, let's stop here at the um, at, at halftime. Now, let's talk about how the guys are feeling at halftime. Now, let's ask uh, Bernard. Now, Bernard, it, we didn't care whether they beat us three nil or two nil. We only cared about going through. How are you feeling about this particular uh, scoreline at halftime? Yeah, I was already tense in the way that I wanted us to win the game. I wanted us to perform okay. And I was a bit, little bit tense that we hadn't performed very well that first half. I didn't in the slightest way think that we got what once we went in at nil nil, think they were going to come back into this. I just wanted to say to, you know, because we've had this run of winning games, I was, I was, uh, by the end of the game, I was a little bit disappointed, and we shouldn't be because we got job done and it, we move on. But yeah, I just, I just wanted City, and especially when we did manage to get our noses in front, I just, I just wanted City to win it. So that's what I was thinking for the second half. I, I wanted us to play a little bit better. We were losing on all the stats. We carried on losing on all the stats even into the second half as well. I just wanted us to use that momentum that, that we've got and, and and beat them one, two, three nil again or something like that. But it wasn't to be, but that's all I was worried about. I was just worried that we, we needed to do a little bit more in the second half and, and not lose the game, but you know, uh, actually show that, yeah, here you are, guys. We've, we handed you one at the Etihad and we beat you at your place as well, but it wasn't to be. Well, Ray, Ray uh, Bernard is exactly right. We were losing on all the stats, possession, shots taken, etc. But, um, you know, it was still a draw. How were you feeling at halftime? Halftime? Yeah. I, I, I said earlier, halftime, I thought it was uh, almost done and dusted. I was, you know, regardless of us not playing particularly well, regardless of uh, Bayern looking like, um, you know, they, they had uh, some goals in them. I, I was um, quite happy at halftime. The... Um, I didn't see us letting in three goals in the second half. Simple as that. Um, so mm -hmm. get that, uh, get that far. I was, I was really happy. Well, Bernard, um, we're, we're talking about a team that has won the Champions League six times. So uh, we're obviously not taking them lightly. But um, here's an interesting question: um, Who do you think was Man City's player of the game? Well, I think it has to be a defender. I think it has to be Diaz. I don't think anyone was particularly outstanding. I just thought Diaz led the led the back line, which came under a lot of pressure really well. I can't really think of uh, uh, the four any forwards. I mean, Ireland scored, of course he did, but he also uh, could have scored cru a crucial goal for us and didn't. So, and he could have also fifty five minutes uh, laid it across for KDB to score a goal, you know, to make it one nil. Then and he didn't. He was a bit. You know, he's a striker. He's going to go for goal. As simple as that. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to go for Diaz. I don't. I don't know if you guys would agree with that on the night. Yeah, no, 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 let's ask Ray. Ray, um, as the game developed, 
Who do you think was Man City's player of the game? I think, it's, I think probably, probably Bernard's right. Um, and I think um, the defence overall, despite being pulled here and there um, out wide, uh, Diaz had a, had a decent game overall. He, he did make a, a big blunder in the first half. I think we where it would give the ball away. Um, got away. That was early on, wasn't it? Yeah. That just showed how nervy we were that first 10 yeah. or 15 minutes. I mean, it's actually something I've noticed in Erling Haaland, where when he comes deep to collect the ball, he's not very good at controlling it. So he needs a lesson or two from Mr. Riyad Mahrez as to how to control the ball, because it bounces off him. It just it, it just can't, he can't kill it. Or when he tries to do a, a, a first-time pass, he, he, you know, he, he bobbles or he, he hits in the air a little bit too high, or he makes it difficult for the, the receiving player. So he could he could do a little bit with that. Um, yeah, Diaz, yeah, I think he was all right. I'm, I'm not. Um, I don't go. Um, uh, Maybe John Stones. No, no, I, John Johnny Stones was all right. Um, you know, I, 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 see, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Stones man, a big Stones fan. But I, I'm not going to subscribe to some some people. I mean, it is some of these fair weather fans who who are now once again blowing smoke up Diaz's backside and saying he's the best centre back in the world. I, I'm, you know, um, I'm, I'm not having that. He's, he's done it for three or four games. He looks all right, but actually, in that time, I'd have had Johnny Stones above him. So, um, you know, it, I, I just think it's another one for hits and giggles, isn't it? Get, get a few likes, Johnny. You know, that saying Real Diaz is the best in the world, and as, as some, I think an Arsenal said, he's not even the best centre back in your club. You know, right now, um, if you look at the whole season, I think John Stones is, has performed better, and Aki at centre back has performed better than Diaz. Diaz has not played enough, I think. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go along and give it to Diaz for last night. I've got, you know, it's no biggies. You know what? In, in all honesty, what does it matter? You know, like the performance could have been better, but all that we care about is the results. So it's the same. I think it's the same with this. Bernard, were, were there any other players apart from uh, Diaz that you thought were particularly prominent in securing this result? Sorry, guys, I lost the I lost the connection, and I'm back. Go on. Uh, so, uh, sorry, one one more time, Bernard. Uh, was there any other player that you thought that was particularly uh, prominent in, in securing this result? Well, it's a bit of a, it's a funny game, wasn't it? We weren't we weren't at our best. Um you know, people like Stones, I, I think he played a bit more of his normal role, but even he was a bit you know, in the middle of the field he was he was losing it. We were losing it a little bit too much. I thought Gundo was okay. I thought Gundo was steady. Bernardo again, Bernardo was in and out. Bernardo looked fantastic one minute, then he'd lose the ball the next. It was yeah, it was a, a fairly middling nice. performance overall, I think, by by City, uh, as far as player by player. Uh, it was a great team result. Of course, it was a 1-1 draw there. Uh, we'll take that all day long, but I, I don't think particularly... I mean, Grealish, Grealish played one of those games where he held it and he bought, he got fouls, and that was what we've seen from him in the past, you know, where he can win fouls for City break-up games, and that's the sort of game we needed breaking up last night. We needed him to do that. We needed him to win fouls in key places, and that's what he did, or get the ball and then hold it for a while. Uh, but, you know, Grealish played fine, but it's, it wasn't up to his level of recently. But I think that's can be said for most of the City team last night. I think we did what we had to do. We got through it. It wasn't brilliant, uh, but if we're not at our best and, and we still get through, that that's fine by me. Ray, I, I was wondering if you um, read the uh, the article in uh, The Guardian about the ladies' goalkeeper 
who made this impassioned uh, defence about Aderson as the goalkeeper. I, I did. Did you read that at all? Uh, no, I've not read that. Um, who's goalkeeper? Man City's goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah retired goalkeeper. Uh, women's goalkeeper. Karen, oh, retired Man City women's goalkeeper. Karen yeah, Bartley. Yeah, I think it was Karen Bardsley, and um, Karen she um, she did a, a a very very forensic analysis of uh, Aderson's uh, play, and uh, argued that um, that the criticisms that he has faced are not really that well founded. Um, nah. Uh, you, you'll get a chance to read it later on, I'm sure. But um, um, what do you think? What do you what do you think of that? Well, the criticisms he faces are because he doesn't save many shots. That's the criticism he faces. Appa um, apparently, apparently, Ray, he does. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. No stats. Look, statistics can be done in, in any way they want to make to to, to get the, the results you want. Um, you know, if you include. Easy saves, then he'll save most of them. It's the same way. Okay, here we go. Okay, apparently uh, VAR errors are down from last season. They're down <laughs> by by a third. There you go. But we we see it time, and that's in the in the Premier League. We see it time and time again. Some absolute shocking decisions. Okay, and they had to come out and apologise. So you know, it, stats can be used in whichever way you want. So I, I'm just going to say, you know. Um, I, I'm sorry, but um, Edison, he doesn't save enough. He doesn't save, you well, know, well, enough. Well, I tell you what, I, I'll send you um, um, the link. Yeah. Sorry, I'll I'll, I'll send you um, Karen Barsley's um, uh, article um, a, a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, Bernard, do you think he's getting unfairly unfairly judged? No, it was good. I mean, he, I thought Edison was fine last night. Again, he, there's one little one where he sort of he sort of trundled along the ground and sort of got a hand to it. Unfortunately, the, the Bayern unit wasn't near enough to do anything. But he didn't really have that much to do as far as uh, big saves. As I say, Bayern Munich's finishing was woeful. We know it's woeful. They, they'd have been panned for it anyway. Uh, yeah, but you know he's played a few good games. I, mean, I like Edison. He's, he's as long as Edison, as long as Pep's there, Edison will be the goalkeeper. So I don't know what the arguments are. We just have to suck it and see, don't we? As I said, he needs to improve on his time wasting. That's the only thing I've quibble I've got with him last night. Uh, his ability to waste time. You know, he needs to book up, you know, needs to liven up a little bit when he's trying to waste time. It sounds daft, doesn't it? Uh, but he needs to be quicker. He needs to be quicker when he's wasting time, which is... Uh, but he was all right last night. He, he was fine, but uh, they weren't exactly pummeling the goal. They weren't exactly blasting the ball at the goal, were they, you know, for most of the game. All right, lads. Well, well, listen, I think we've, we've pretty much covered that game. Before my mother keeps calling me again... I think we should um, we should talk about uh, what's coming up next for for Man City. About the penalty, they did score a goal. Well, the penalty, Mike. Did you, Mike? Did you think it was a fair penalty? Mike? Sorry, lads. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, did, we were just saying just like a quick word about the. I mean, the other pe the first penalty for us was atrocious. I mean, surely that penalty for them was even more atrocious. Mike's not having it. Mike's no, but what do you think, Ray? I think it was appalling. It was an appalling decision. <laughs> sorry, you know, sorry, guys. It's just my my mum calling. Don't worry. 
I was just, I mean, isn't there a a rule that if it comes off your foot or your close proximity? I mean, I I know understanding it's an and it's a penalty, but what what the hell can you do in that sort of situation? There's not you can do. There's very little you can do. It's some of these, as I said, you know, VAR and the referees, if they're going by the letter of the law, they they give these. But it's ridiculous. It is absurd. And, um, you know, again, they need to have a look. Sometimes they... they, they, uh, tweak these uh, rules a little bit too much, these laws. Uh, it's, it's a sh- shocking decision. Um, what Honestly, what chance has a player got, you know, um, to move out of the way? Does that mean if you kick the ball at a player and he's got his back to you, but his arms are, are wide and he hits him on his arm, it's a penalty? It's, it's ridiculous, you know. Uh, there has to be... I understand why they don't just have it as intent because, you know... You, you can be stop, uh, uh, stopping a, a, a goal um, or a goal scoring opportunity without showing intent, but by accident. And that's unfair on the attacking side. But come on. So these decisions are, uh, you know, we thought the first one was bad. The second one was even worse. It's ridiculous. And I don't know when they're going to get the, pull the head out of the backsides and, and do. And, and get this. Uh, uh, this um, the, the, these these things will decide. Champ- these things will decide Champions League. So, I know it went one each last night, didn't it? One for yeah. us, one for them. Well, these things will decide a Champions League. It's as simple as a pe- I think Pep was saying in his press conference as well. You just need that one moment of that, and the game's over. You've lost it. You're out. Yeah. It's as simple. And it, it, you know, over a season, it's fine. You know, all right. We say they get evened up over a season, but in a one-off game, a Champions League game, you, you just you just know, just blast it at the defender, and hope he'll get get you know. It's his arm, and you'll get a penalty. But it's ridiculous. Look at that well, you mentioned it, Bernard. The Champions League final: Liverpool versus uh, Spurs. Hmm. Uh, Liverpool's got yeah. that early penalty. Game's over. I mean, Spurs. Yeah. Spurs was shocking. Come, come back. Well, guys, let's talk about the um, the possible semi-final and the final, and also the game next week. Let's start with well, Bernard's. Yeah, well, we know we owe him one, mate, don't we? We, you know, I think we got the advantage of being at home. Second against Real Madrid. Uh, we owe them one for last year. Let's face it, we should never have lost that semi-final over two legs last year, but we somehow did. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm not going to blame Real Madrid for that. I'm going to blame City for that. We just just weren't, you know, good, you know, we should have been better. We should have been game management. Should have been a lot better. And I think it'll be an advantage because I think that the first the first leg will probably be a little bit cagier. Uh, I don't want to go into that being anything more, you know, if need be, if we need to get beat, or I get beat by one goal, I don't want to go into that second leg being two or three goals down, preferably a draw or a victory will do, but uh, we've got to get revenge, and, but, you know, what, the 14 times champions, aren't they? The, yeah. You know, the, the well, Real Madrid and Champions League go together in the European Cup, don't they? So we've got to perform perhaps better than we did last night, that's for sure, but I say that was, that was job done at the Etihad, so... It'll yeah. be a different game, and hopefully, people like Aki, uh, their injuries aren't too bad because we'll we'll miss him, I think. And I don't think Real Madrid have got the pace of the of uh, Bayern Munich up top, but uh, you've got other we've attributes, got of course. Yeah, yeah. Ray, are, um, are we really gonna Ray? Are we really gonna beat Real Madrid? Well, whatever happens, uh, I think Manchester City after uh, this year's Champions League, Manchester City and Real Madrid will have shared fifteen Champions League. <laughs> after this um, but no no okay the, what I'm thinking about this game okay is if we play anything uh, 60 or 70% of our 70% of our normal level we win we will beat we'll win this tie if we play at 90% we'll beat them in Madrid okay 
Um, I, I think we are that clear of them. If we go out for revenge, if we've got them in our heads and we take our eye off the ball, you know, and focus, focus on the wrong thing, then you, you, we've seen they've got the quality. They've got the quality. They can um, um, tear us a new one, you know. We've seen them do that to, to other teams. So, you know, um, come, all right, Chelsea aren't great at comfortable win against Chelsea, but we've, we've seen them get through. But even against Chelsea, they give up plenty of chances. If Chelsea had a striker, they might they might be the ones going through. So um, I just think we're well clear. We deserve we deserve a chance to get into the final and and uh, make good what what we did wrong a couple of years ago. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. And and just to interject, Ray, Napoli let you down, mate. You were speaking, you were waxing lyrical, waxing oh, lyrical about them, weren't you? Look what pressure does. You know, they're yeah. so far clear in the. In the uh, Italian league in Serie A, uh, they, you think they're so much better than the others, and the pressure gets to them, uh, and um, they, they're out. And actually, you know, okay, maybe we're a bit, being a bit presumptuous that the winner will come from our side of the draw. But if, if we're honest, um, everybody's you know in Madrid and in Manchester uh, because Man United fans don't live in Manchester. Everybody from Madrid and Manchester is jumping up and down that um, Napoli have been knocked out because I think they could have gone all the way. They are, they are that They good. could have done, yeah. Yeah, and um, Bernard, Pep can't possibly screw this up for us again, surely. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see on that one, mate. I would like to say either way, he's talking, he's talking a good game at the moment, but he's talking the fact that these things can just rely on one simple thing. Uh, he mentioned, I think he was asked about Napoli, and he was saying, well, you know, the, the miles clear in the league, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything when it comes to Champions League, as Ray was saying there. It's, it's the Champions League. It's a cup competition now. It's a knockout. It doesn't really make it that much difference what you're doing in the league. Or, or whatever, Pep realizes that. I think he's got to the stage now where he he knows his he knows his best team. Um, he knew his best team a couple of years ago. He's aged Chelsea, but he didn't play it. He play he, he had a he had a brain fart. But uh, he knows his best team. As long as he plays his best team, then we've got a good as chance, and Pep's got a good as chances. Ray, let, let 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 me ask this question to Ray. Ray, surely, surely, after all these years. Pep is not going to screw it up for us again by doing something stupid. He's always managed, hasn't he? Either Pep or the players have managed. Uh, look, we, I think we've known for the last few seasons that we've been the best, uh, I think. Um, but we've always managed to, to screw it up some, somehow. So just going to keep your fingers crossed, I think. Um, you know, he, he's said, not going to put Rodri on the bench and play Calvin Phillips or... Mm-hmm. You oh, no, know, no. put uh, Gundo Gundo on, on the right wing or something we, like that. We, we know, Surely, we know our best. We know our best side. It started last night. The only thing, person you could consider is is Foden, but the delicious form uh, of late has been has warranted him starting. So um, I, I think this this is a side probably uh, injuries uh, aside goes through to the semi final and starts against Real Madrid. Let, let me let me ask Bernard. Bernard, um. Uh, Young Foden is coming back into fitness again. Would you possibly take out Grealish and put Foden in there instead? Well, for next week, yeah, uh, yeah, it's okay. We've got a, we've got a, a minor FA Cup semi final before then. Uh, he looks a bit a bit light. He looks a bit skinny, Foden. Uh, a bit worried about his, he needs to bulk up a little bit before he's. he's I hope he starts on Saturday against Sheffield, but. Uh, 
I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought. I said next week. Obviously, you've got the problem with Aki. It's doubtful. I've not heard anything today. How bad? How bad this hamstring thing is? Whether it's bad or not. But obviously, there's. You know, basically, you're going with the same team apart from Aki at the moment because obviously, I think Pep's going to rest quite a few on Saturday now, based on his comments saying that they looked tired and the players did look a bit tired because that pitch as well last night was very heavy, wasn't it? I think they'd had a lot of bad weather. And I think it was causing problems. That poor old Meccano man struggled in it. And I, th I think people like Rodri looked absolutely shattered after that game. So, I mean, I predicted a team for Sheffield, which we might talk about in a second before we go, um, with eight changes. And that, that, that worries me to death because we're not very good once we pass three or four changes. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd go next week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk Foden just yet until we know what, what exactly is going on with him. And, as I say, he's just come back. We need, we need him to. He looks a bit skinny to me. He looks a little bit weak. But uh, if he plays Saturday, uh, definitely, he definitely won't play. I don't think next Wednesday. Well, uh, Bernard, you were absolutely uh, prescient there. I'm, I'm just going to ask uh, Ray. Ray, what kind of team do you think City will put out against Sheffield United? I think you'd be surprised. I honestly think you'd be surprised. Um, I think Pet will have at least seven or eight. You think he's going to play Ortega? Oh yeah, well he's a he's a shoe in. Yeah, I think he's got. Okay. Look, look, I don't think you worry about the defense because he can pick anybody. Okay, you're not going to be. You know who who's he going to pick that you think? Oh no, he shouldn't be there. The weakest defender we've got is Laporte. Well, wait, wait, wait a second, Ray. Wait a second. Run me through your your eleven. Rico Lewis. I haven't got eleven. Throw me through. Throw me through your eleven. Come on. Come on. Come on. Put your put your eleven on. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. I'll take her in goal. Your back four, let's say, let's call it our back four, will include Walker, some of these, Walker, Stones, Diaz, Akanji, Aki, Laporte. Okay? I don't think you're going to get Enrico Luis or uh, Gomez. No surprises there. Four out of six, happy. Uh, Rodri, I think Rodri starts. No chance Philip starts. Rodri starts. Okay? No, no, sorry. Against, uh, no, I'll take it back. Against um, the fellas at the weekend, no, I think that's one for Phillips. Um, yeah, I think so, I think if you stick Phillips in with a bit of support like Stones or Gundo with yeah, him, yeah, uh, I think, I think Phillips will be fine. But he can't; he won't do it on his own like Rodri. He'd, he'd need a bit have, of support. I, yeah, I think you'd have two there. So either recall Lewis or Stones, but I'm going for Johnny Stones. Then in in attacking midfield, you've got a choice of three from KDB, Bernardo, and Gundogan. No biggie there, and up front. You can bring Maris back, or you can put Alvarez, Maris, Alvarez, and Grealish. Why not? For knowing Foden's back the week after, you yes, you might want to save Grealish for a, the Arsenal game, uh, so you can have um, start with Foden. Possibly, I don't, and I don't want this Cole Palmer, but I think we've got enough players. We don't need uh, to worry. You know, as I said, we, I've, I've rattled off six defenders, I think, uh, and you can have any of them uh, at the back, and you won't be worried. Stonesy or whoever in midfield with Phillips, hold his hand. Attacking midfield, I've given you a choice of three. You pick two out of them. And up front, I've given you four or five players. Pick three out of them. I don't mind. Yes, the big game is next Wednesday against Arsenal, but I don't... Momentum is, all, as I said, momentum is an important thing. Uh, can you imagine what's going to happen if City get beat by Sheffield United? Do it, as I say, go in there, go in hard, okay, and try and blitz them in that first half. If you blitz them and you're 3-0 up, make three subs at halftime and, and hang on. 
And that's I'm happy with that. If Haaland plays 45 minutes, if KDB plays 45 minutes, if John Stones plays 45 minutes and we're 3-0 up, that's what you've got to go for. Take him off. After 70 minutes, if he's still 3-0 up, take take one or two more players off and do it that way. You know, take Haaland off. But um, no, I, I still say going hard, going hard, because the, rather than train, the players can play games of football. And then instead of training, what they don't need to train. We're at that stage of the season. What they're going to gain by training? You know, do your warm dance, do your bit of training. There's no tactical stuff to do. Just do your standard stuff. Just make sure you, you you're fresh for the for matches. And your, your match in midweek is your training. That's how you look at it. It is your training session. So um, now. Nah, I'm expecting seven or eight of your first team to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at the subs bench last night, obviously you can save all those those that guys. The guys that started last night are his best. What he thinks are his best team, his best eleven, if you like, at the moment. But if you look at the subs bench last night, the only ones I don't think will feature against Sheffield United, unless we're, you know, slaughtering them and they come on for experience. So Gomez, Peroni. And Palmer, I can't see them three featuring at all in any way whatsoever, unless we're actually blitzing them. But like you, I, I think there's going to be eight changes at least. Although I wouldn't prefer, say, two or three changes, and as you said, get a three or four goal advantage, and then start dragging players off if we need if we need to. But it'd be very interesting to see how just how it'd be very interesting to see just how Pep plays it because it's it's going to be really really difficult to to know. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's like three changes. Surprise me if there's eight changes to the to the Bayern Munich game against uh, Sheffield. If there's more than four changes, uh, I say get Pep out the door. <laughs> Bernard, give me give me your eleven for the game against Sheffield United. No. <laughs> come on, it's, more less, come it's more or less what Ray said uh, actually before uh, a few moments ago. Uh, as I said, I've I predicted eight changes only on the basis that I think Arsenal, this Arsenal game, is going to be so high up there in his priorities now that he'll believe, no disrespect to Sheffield, he'll believe that he can bring in seven or eight of the guys that, that uh, weren't playing or haven't been playing. He'll believe he can bring them in and do the job. Uh, and they say we'll show. You know that'll be a. You know, for Sheffield United, they're, they're not a bad. Not you know, they're not a bad team. All right, they won't have our two guys in, but uh, we, we can't take them too lightly, can we, Ray? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, but as I said, look, if you bring Peroni. Uh, sorry, um, um, Ortega in in goal. Okay, you bring him in, no problem. You bring uh, Walker in and Laporte. Yeah. You're not going to complain about that. You bring Mahrez in and Alvarez up front. No big yeah. complaints there. And you put Phillips in. Okay, Phillips is... Yeah. And, and if Foden's feet you put him in. So there's six or seven yeah. changes without without rocking the ball too much. I, I, I think it's easy to put six, five changes in without a problem. Um, and Phillips is your, is your weaker link. And if Foden's fit enough... But look, Foden's is taking part in training. I don't think Foden's fit enough. Oh, okay, I don't know. I suspect he's not fit enough for 90 minutes. But... He's taking uh, what looks like uh, on Monday full part in training this week. So to me, that he's fit enough to start. So you can make six or seven changes without crying about it. I, I probably wouldn't. Five is enough for me. Five or six, and I think no one's gonna no one's gonna quibble. You know, if you put Mario, as, 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 as he says, Pep knows what's going on in the training ground. We don't, so we'll, we'll we'll see, won't we? What what he starts? Absolutely. All right. All right, lads, uh, predictions against Arsenal. Now, this is very, very difficult, but I'm going to ask you the, I'm going to ask you the question anyway. Let's start off with Bernard. 
Arsenal, we'll be back before then, won't we? Can we do it after the uh, semi-final? Yeah. No, 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 no. We have to do it now. What do you think? Uh, I think we'll beat Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to predict to score at this stage until I see how we come out of Saturday's game, but we will, I think we'll beat Arsenal. 8-0 Ray, to City. 8-0 to City. You ask a daft question. <laughs> oh, go on, Sam. <laughs> you ask a daft question. All right. I, I, I did ask a daft question. Guys, um, so we're, as far we're as Sheffield United, I'm going 3-1 for City. I don't think, uh, I think it'll be tighter than we think. Yeah. It depends, obviously, on, on the team he plays. I think Andy Morrison went 4-1. Uh, I'll go, I'll go 3-1. Uh, I don't know what Ray thinks. Yeah, Ray, uh, well, are we, are, are we, we're going to be allowed to play those two, um, no, Anthony fine, youngsters fine, against fine. us. I'm going to be blunt. You need to follow the rules, mate. We, we, we <laughs> told you last time. We told you last time they can't, and everybody's been saying that we can't. They're not allowed. So uh, your your dreams. Uh, as my, I'll, I'll show you this. My wife's put this up there. And you, can, you guys can read this, okay? My wife's put in your dreams. Okay? <laughs> uh, very prophetic. She's put that in your dreams. Is she talking about Manchester City football? Uh, well, well, she's just done that diagram. <laughs> In your dreams, okay. That though, well, she wasn't talking about. All right, this hair. She's a picture. It's a picture of me with hair on my head, and she said, "In your dreams." But that <laughs> is equally applicable to McAtee and Doyle playing on Sat on Saturday. They ain't playing. All right. Well, listen. Um, um, Berner's given his prediction for that game. Can you do the same? Nope. I, I, I'm, and I'll and I'll. I'm unanimous in not giving you an answer. I'm not. Just I'll wait till. Or Chef United. I said 3-1. Yeah. I said 3-1 to Chef United as well. Yeah. I said I'll go with Bernard. Well, you, well, you going, Mike? What's your score prediction? I think 3-1. Oh, we're bored. Oh, the hell. Bernard and me have... No, no. The difference is Bernard and me have come to our uh, 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 prediction after hours of analysis and research. <laughs> and, you just, and you just copied us. <laughs> That's what you think happened? <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Okay, I got oh, it. I got I it. Okay. Arsenal 2-2 and, uh, you know, and I'm going to get Southampton 2-2 uh, with Arsenal tomorrow night. You, you just mark my words. Okay. Okay, guys. Well, we, we, we need to come to the end of this podcast. But um, let's, le- let's leave the guys with final thoughts. And we'll go to Ray first. Ray, final thoughts. Well, umpa, umpa, we stuck it up there, jumper. Uh, we did Bayern Munich uh, over two legs. Thomas Tuchel can say that, they, you know, he saw some good things. Listen, Tommy, Tommy lad, the, the most of the good things you saw were coming from City. We we spanked Bayern uh, uh, in Manchester. And, OK, we were under the cosh a little bit here, but Bayern were, had no cutting edge. And it really is a farmer's league over there. If, they, if these are on top of the league, it's a farmer's league over there. And uh, Accrington Stanley go and hold their home in, in the Bundesliga at, at the moment. Um, but we, we rock and roll. We move on. We move on to the next game. And, um, you know, the state at Wembley, we're all looking forward to it. Look, we're about a dozen games away from greatness. I, I didn't want to say it, but we are, you know. Uh, but having said that, we could win 10 games. No, the truth is we could win 10 of our remaining games this season and win uh, now. So we just got to keep, you know, as, as they say, next game is the important one. That's what matters. Ray, did you see my um, my Twitter poll when I asked him um, who should be the next um, uh, threat 
for Man City as an attacking midfielder. I just, uh, I just want to say, obviously, that, that I did laugh at the referee last night. Was it Clement? I call him Turpin, but obviously you'll know better than me, Ray. Is it pronounced Turpin in, in French? I don't know how, how you pronounce it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's spelled Turpin anyway. So, anyway, as far as City and, and uh, Bayern Munich, we certainly stood and delivered, the, delivered, didn't we? So, that was all, all that mattered last night. So, I think we're winding this up, Ray, don't you? Up the blues. <laughs> 